Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Decibel Geek Podcast with Aaron Camaro and Chris Sinzak. <sighs> Did we make it? Did we make it in time? I think so. Holy shit. What a week it's been. Everybody, welcome to the Decibel Geek Podcast. I'm Aaron Camaro. You all right? Yeah, I'm hanging in there. Okay, man. We're, we're here. We're here. We're here. We're in the studio. This is the Decibel Geek Podcast. You said that already. I know. <laughs> I'm so happy that it's the Decibel Geek Podcast. I can't believe that it's the Decibel Geek Podcast. You know, a lot of people think that we make this look easy. I'm glad that we can fool you with that illusion. <laughs> Ain't that the truth? Because, you know, producing a podcast, creating a podcast that's entertaining and fun and rocks every single week is a lot of work, you know, and I'm glad everybody gets to enjoy it and listens to it because, hey, that's why we do it. You know, if it weren't for you guys listening to it, enjoying it, checking out decibelgeek.com, becoming VIPs, you know, commenting on Facebook, you know, retweeting stuff on Twitter. I mean, it wouldn't even be worthwhile for us to do it. I mean, we might still do it even if nobody listened, but... Maybe not every week. Probably not every week. (laughs) (laughs) But we've been committed for a long, long time to do this show every single week. And man, it's not always been easy. Uh -uh. And you're probably wondering, you saw the title and the artwork for this week, and you're like, wait a minute. Because you're expecting something else. Yeah, because like last week, we did the first half of 1974. And usually that we follow suit the next week with the second half of the year. Yeah, we got bad news. There was no good music in the second part of 1972. <laughs> no, there was a lot of good music. Well, there was, and we're working through it. 
but we're working through a lot of things. We had a, there's a lot going on in our personal lives this week. We usually save that stuff for the VIP, but in, in short, Aaron's got a lot going on with his job. I have a lot going on with my job. And also I sent a child off to the army yesterday. Yeah. So getting all of that stuff going on has been difficult. And, uh, so guys, life did get in the way this week, but we, uh, it, it kind of is a, in your, in your favor that it worked it out. Is, I mean, it's really cool in your week. favor because as cool as 1974 part two is going to be, and that's going to be next week, no doubt about yes. it. We've got something that totally blows the doors off of that because we've got a guest that told so many cool stories and was so forthcoming and so cool mm-hmm. that we couldn't wait to share it with you. Absolutely. Greg Mangus is our guest this week. And um, he even said himself as like, you know, he's like, you kind of be classified under the almost famous moniker um this guy is he's a local singer here but he's been all over the place and he's got so many connections to so many cool people yeah and uh, a great history in music um the main thing that a lot of people locally here in nashville will know him from which those of you listening are probably friends of greg also is getting up on stage and kicking all kinds of ass no matter what he's singing yeah and that's what i know him for he's a regular part of the rock and roll residency which you know those guys have been on the show in the past good friends of the show he's also a part of a acdc tribute band called noise pollution he's a part of a Thin Lizzy tribute band called Jimmy yeah, the Weed. He, yeah. he, if, if you go watch local rock bands, the good kind in Nashville, you've seen Greg. Yes, you And have. how great of a singer and performer he is. Um, and he got some notoriety this past year when uh, the ACDC shakeup with Brian Johnson went down. And Greg's name was bandied about as a possible replacement. Yeah, and he tells us all about he, that there's experience. A lot of, there's, a, there's an interesting story behind that. And also of what may to come with that situation. Yeah, so if you ever had the fantasy of what it would be like to be the lead singer of ACDC, then you definitely want to tune into this story because it's very, very cool. True, and he talks about uh, his his years growing up in Florida, working on the Florida rock scene in the late 80s and and opening up for some major acts and some funny stories from those days. Then he made the complete leap of faith to New York in, in the late 80s, early 90s and got a deal and worked with... Not really a decibel geek, a typical band, but Cameo wrote songs for Cameo. Word up, made, that's right. Made inroads with a lot of artists up there, so he's got stories about hanging out in the New York club scene. It's a, it's a really cool, it's a rock and roll discussion, and of course, just general discussion about rock in general. And we, we this is like the least amount of talk we've probably uh, ever had to do during an interview because Greg yeah. just he he owns a stage and he owns a podcast when he goes on it. Yeah, he does. So enjoy our our banter right now because you're not going to get a whole lot more of it because <laughs> we just kick back and let Greg go and you know Mangus he's got some amazing stories to tell so it's just like kick back and let him do it. So if you guys are ready for it, we're ready for it yeah. because we are so far behind everything. We don't have geeks of the week. We don't have nothing going on, but we've got this awesome awesome interview so if you're ready for it let's do it this is greg mangus right here on the decibel geek podcast we got up with him because he did some thin lizzy and i was like who the hell is that and uh and then jeremy introduced me to you and then that's when no phil did and then phil mentioned about the Thin Lizzy tribute act. Jimmy the Weed. Jimmy the Weed. Yeah. And you guys were both, <clears throat> you're all both amped up at the time because you yeah. just got done playing and uh, we're like, well, let's talk about Lizzy sometime. And and then uh, I saw you guys, I saw Jimmy the Weed play at Basement East, it was a few months ago, yeah. and was fucking blown away. To be between Phil Schaus and Jeremy Asbrock with those Les Pauls, yeah. it's 
It's damn near Robertson and Gorham. I mean, I'm sorry. I, I know there's nothing like those two, but it's damn yeah. near it. You know? Yeah. Yeah, they're awesome. They're pretty incredible. I and and then like I was never fortunate enough to see Finn Lizzie. I mean, I've only been really a diehard fan only for the last five years. I saw him. I, I saw him uh, open for Journey. Think about that. Really? In the Bayfront Center, St. Petersburg, Florida, 1977. Okay. Yeah. Uh, Snowy White on guitar. Oh, wow. That's a short-lived lineup of the group. Yeah, so I met him. He was with um, Roger uh, from Pink Floyd. Um, Roger Roger Waters. Waters, He was here doing The Wall with G.E. Smith, and G.E. Smith introduced me to him. And all I wanted to talk about was Thin Lizzy. Yeah. And Snowy White could give a damn. Yeah, Yeah, I don't think he looks back too fondly on those. Yeah, I don't think so either. He He goes, yeah, Phil fired me. And I was like, oh. Uh-huh. <laughs> okay, moving on. <laughs> yeah, the stuff I read about, um, I've read a couple of Thin Lizzy books, and, and he's his experience really was, it was a decent gig at first, and then uh, Scott and Phil were both in the morass of heroin abuse and drove me insane, and I had to leave, yeah. and I, I wanted to be out. Yeah. yeah. And nothing will ever replace Rob, though. He was always my favorite. Oh, yeah. yeah. So oh. you know the story about what happened with him and why he, he got ousted out of the band. <coughs> a lot of fights and stuff. Wasn't no, it? one fight in particular. One of my heroes is a singer named Frankie Miller, mm-hmm. Scottish singer. And he worked with him. Fine, yeah, on uh, on uh, "Still in Love with You." Yep. But find some Frankie Miller, folks. But yeah, anyway, they were at a bar called the Speakeasy, yeah. very famous rock and roll bar in London. The night before the North American tour that was going to blow Thin Lizzy open. Right. Robbo should have stayed home. He went out, had a couple of pints, got into it with some. We need to find out who this guy is because he's out there. Yeah. Got into it with some guy. And then Frankie Miller stepped in and he this guy went to bottle Frankie on the head. Oh, yeah, I've heard this story. And yeah. Brian Robbo, Brian Robertson from Thin Lizzy, stuck his hand out and the glass went through his hand. Yeah. I mean, no excuses, but yep. he was trying to help a mate. But poor Robbo's really? always gotten the short end of the stick. You know? Man. Yeah, because I read, I was <laughs> reading it, The Rocker, the book, The Rocker mm-hmm. about Phil, and Robbo has that story where he's like, I know I'm a handful, but this is one case where I was doing the right thing. You know? I say Frankie Miller, God bless him. God yeah, bless him. that dude's voice, man. Oh my God, <clears throat> amazing. So, all right, well, so you, so you're from Florida originally? Clearwater, Florida, and then and New York City. Those are two homes to me. I got you. But childhood was Florida. Childhood was Clearwater, Florida. Okay. First music stuff was uh, uh, it was I was in a pretty successful band as a young teenager called Lefty, and. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know who you know, Johnny Lee Middleton, who was in Sabotage and mm-hmm. Trans-Siberian Orchestra, was playing bass. A guy named Kenny McGee, who was in Michael Juliet, very hot in the 90s, kind of, you know, glammy sort of thing. Yeah. He was in the band. It was sort of our spawning. We were like, this would be early 80s, Guns meets Guns meets Motley right after the glam. Okay. That's right. kind of what we were shooting for. We wrote stuff and just we never made it. You know. Yeah, did you get to do some opening gigs for some big names? Well, Cheap Trick, that's how I became, that's how I got to know Cheap Trick. Wow. Um, God, the Kinks, LaRue, I remember Helix, right. uh, couple, a couple other things like that. A uh, lot of dates with Foghat, yeah. a lot yeah. of dates with Pat Travers. Oh, awesome. Pat's a great player. Hello, Pat. Uh, lots of dates with um, a band called Stranger that I loved, that was like the Van Halen of Florida. Uh-huh. Greg Billings is down there still playing <clears throat> great, great bands. And then right about when things were getting a little crazy, yeah. I heard, I, th- I want to say Addicted to Love, but I'd always love funk. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I thought, well, I'm going to do 
black music or funk rock like Mother's Finest. Yeah. And I quit the band or got fired, depending on what night it was, and just took a left turn. Took a left turn. Um, Prince was a huge, huge thing in my life at the time, and I just wanted to mix those things up. So I ended up working for Cameo, the funk oh, band Cameo that had Word yeah, Up as a huge hit. Right. So I signed to their record company, which is distributed by Polygram, moved to New York City, and set out just kind of being under their noses. Right. Wrote a wrote a couple of hits for them. Did a record that never came out, which killed me. Oh wow! Because I thought for sure that was it. I'm famous. Oh, so a, so a solo record deal? Solo record, yep. Under Gregory. I was going to say, what was the name? Because they changed everyone's name in those days. Gregory. Just Gregory. Just Gregory. Long, dude, I'll show you a picture. You will laugh. She giggles. My what wife's is... here, people. That's what I'm talking about. Like, down hair in my face, long curly hair, lots of makeup. Uh, but it was cool, man. It was very, like, it was pop, don't get me wrong, but yeah. it definitely had, always had a Marshall. Right. Always had something heavy. Rock edge. Yeah, right. rock edge to it. Do you still have tapes of this? Oh, yeah. I've got cassettes and dats. Wow. We'll have to yeah, find the nice. dats. Went from, that, went from Cameo to uh, a band you would have loved called Fine Line with Yossi Fine, very famous bass player. Uh -huh. Steve Wolf, great drummer. Tal Bergman played with us for a while. Tal played with uh, Billy Idol and Joe Bonamassa. Oh, and wow. and, uh, and uh, Terrence Trent Darby. Yeah. And uh, Damon LaScott, who lives here. Okay. Damon, who lives in Nashville now, he's uh, played with uh, Meatloaf, a couple other people, played in Trans-Siberian. And that was a band, imagine Zeppelin playing funk. Yeah. That band was unbelievable. Hmm. Real chops. Right. Yeah. A little far ahead of its time, though. Yeah. That sounds pretty cool. Well, that's right up until, that's, that takes me to the mid-90s. Right. And then you went grunge? Nope. Oh. You know what I did? <laughs> close. You know what I did? Uh. I went uh, and saw a musical on Broadway called uh, Five Guys Named Mo about black swing, yeah. jump music, Louis Jordan, Winona Harris, and I thought, I'm not making it. Uh, my drummer got stolen by uh, the girl from Eurythmics. The bass player got stolen by Lou Reed, and I was stuck with nothing in New York City. So I started a swing band. She cut my hair, put on a suit, and did like a very rock and roll swing band, like if uh, if Skinner were wearing suits. Yeah. Real boogie, real dirty. Band called Set 'Em Up Joe. Uh huh. Got a record deal. That was pretty successful, man. That went on. Till 9-11, because we were one of the bands that played at the World Trade Center. Oh, really? And that's why I left. Yeah. Oh, wow. So were you in that area when all that went down? No, I was uptown. Yeah. Wow. Oh, my gosh. Oh, so that was, that really hit home. Yeah, so it went from wow. rock to swing. And even though, but don't get the wrong idea, like even swing, we were like the Van Halen of swing. We loved to have a drink. We loved to meet right. the girls. We loved to, you know, do a little bit of this, a little bit of that. And uh, we're huge in Texas. Big in Florida, mm -hmm. Philly, New York. It was a rock band. Right. Yeah, it was a rock and roll band. Well, so, the, so tell me how this thing with, works where you go from, obviously you start making a name for yourself in Florida with these bands there, and then things fizzle with that, and then you make the leap to New York City. How old were you when you made that? 19. 19. So how much money did you go up to New York with? I did something I shouldn't have done. And I got three thousand dollars. <laughs> what you rip somebody off? No, didn't rip somebody off. I got ripped. I'll, I'll tell the story. I got ripped off in Atlanta. Uh -huh. My all the stuff the record company had bought me uh, got stolen. But really, all it was was a keyboard. Well, the receipt said keyboard package three thousand five hundred dollars. So they wrote me a check. And the minute they wrote me a check for that, I bolted. I bolted. <laughs> I figured I'd go. And 
and I was poor. I mean, I was like, you know, stealing yeah. food. And, and, uh, and you go to like the most expensive place in the world to live. Living in, uh, my, I believe it or not, I had an accountant, though I had no money because of Cameo. And the secretary of the accountant, she's, she's gone now. She's not with us anymore. She was dating uh, from Guns N' Roses. Uh, Stephen Adler? She was dating Stephen Adler. So she's like, you know, I'm with Stephen all the time. I got an apartment. You can come stay in the apartment. Got to pay me a little something. So I did that. Mm -hmm. My best friend and I moved into an apartment in Soho in the middle of the 80s in New York City. Take it from there. Wild times. Wow. Wild times. Very rock and roll, man. We, I got there like the week Welcome to the Jungle dropped. Nice. So that was our soundtrack. That Dan Reed network. We loved the cult. Oh, yeah. Uh, Sonic Temple. Uh, a, a guy named Benny Mardonis that nobody's ever heard of that I've I heard love, of Benny who did Into the Night. Now I'm yeah. friends with uh, Sandy Gennaro. Yeah, Sandy's yeah. amazing. Sandy played on that record, and so did. Uh, oh, really? Yes, so did uh, Bobby Masana. Oh, from who's here. Stars. Yeah, yeah, that's awesome. From Stars. Yeah. So I have this thing talking about Thin Lizzy, the Unknown Five, which got me through high school, and it is Thin Lizzy, the Babies, mm -hmm. who I'm hoping to play with here in town, UFO, Stars, and Angel. Right, massive Angel fan. Wow, that's one thing I think both of us realized through doing this show was how how much of a cult following both Stars and yeah. Angel have. Good, and right. they're almost like sister bands. Yeah, a yeah. lot they share a lot, a lot of the ways. same fans. Michael Lee Smith and I are now friends on Facebook, which blows my mind because he was one of my idols. Yeah, and uh, Greg Jeffrey has got a new record out. Oh, really? Just dropped a new album. Felix Robinson, who was the second bass player in Angel. Yeah. Lives here in Nashville, is in his band. No kidding, I didn't know Felix. Yeah, Felix is in Nashville playing country music. Wow. Well, that's getting paid better now, I'm sure. Oh, yeah. yeah. That's cool. But, yeah, man, that's. It's just amazing to me how much of a following those bands have because commercially they didn't blow up. And it, it's one of those what the hell happened that, that caused these bands to not become megastars, especially those two in particular. You know, I'm, it's one of my weird obsession fascinations is. What happens when people don't make it after they made it? Or what happens when they're famous and they don't? That's why I, I've got great respect for, like, you know, you know Bobby from Rat, who people give so much shit to. You <laughs> know, uh, because, he, because yeah, but he'll at least talk about the guy from Tesla, the singer for Tesla. He yeah, comes yeah. right out and says, I was bartending at a strip club. Yeah. I love, you know, these guys are all like, oh, well, I love off my investments. No, you don't. No. That was 25 years ago. Most of them had to get regular jobs. Mad shout out, mad shout out to uh, to uh, my boy from Twisted Sister. Um, help me, I'm tired. D Snyder. D, D and I talked, and he told me that he was working at a computer repair store. Holy shit! For two fifty a week, <laughs> and people. I hope he's listening. And people would tell him. Oh, I hope, I hope he's listening too. People would say, <laughs> "Aren't you D Snyder?" And he'd say, "No, I just look like him." But D got a good woman, got himself back, kicking ass with Twisted Sister. Wow. wow. No, I had no idea of yep. that. Yeah, he lost everything. Lost all his cars. Was riding a bike to work. He told me, and his eyes were watering, my eyes were watering. I was like, "Man, that helps me." Who's never though? I was never famous. Mm -hmm. I have had success, right. but it does that up and down thing where you just have to swallow your pride and do drive Uber or bartend or do, do whatever. Yeah. yeah, but that's still like, I mean, I have massive respect for people that can stick that out. Yeah, not everyone's built to do that. It is a rough thing. And you have to have, I guess, complete dedication to the cause or what your vision is. Because especially in the 90s, good Lord, everything got completely turned upside down for most people. And the fact that you were able to stick it out and keep stay keep in the ring is... Yep. My, my hat's off to you. For Man, that. I, I saw... Let me tell you something. I saw, like, 
like, I won't even say the name of the band, a major 80s, 90s band, playing a club and like 30 people, like a major band, their singer had left, and they had like 30 people, and, and I played to more people, I said, like, wow, yeah. this is, this is crazy, Yeah. how do you keep going, what do you do, especially if you're covered in tats, really, what are you going to do? Working in office, but, but yeah, yeah. like that, like the guy from Warrant that was on that thing where he was like had shaved his head and yeah. had to wear long sleeves and was working as a computer programmer. Yeah, there's more money in it. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, it's sad, but it's true. Yeah, and the heartbreak, you know, coming out and knowing it's got to be that much harder when you were at the heights of the heights, you know, and had those arenas sold out, and then you're playing in front of 30 people. To it's almost better not to know the difference. I'm really lucky that I I didn't because I I don't know if I could still do it. I, so like, but I'm, I'm, yeah, I can't imagine being, you know, John Oswald, Janie Lane. Yeah, we just lost mm-hmm. the, the, the anniversary. Was, Five years. Was it yeah. today or yesterday? No, yesterday? no, he and I played together a lot. Oh, yeah? He was in a band called uh, Dorian Gray. Yeah. We used to actually stagger our sets so that in Daytona Beach people would come see Lefty, and then they'd go see Dorian Gray mm-hmm. at, the, at the pier. We had the same voice teacher. And then, that, and then we, you know, we were friends. When he, I don't want to talk ill about him. Things went kind of south. We weren't friends because of some of the ways he acted. Yeah. Then I saw him at Pat Travers at the Exit Inn, oh, yeah. and I didn't recognize him. He, he, he you know, drink had drink had taken its toll, and and then look what happened. Yeah, it's a tragic story. I yeah. Mean, yeah. And you know, we did uh, the we did the same. We did these albums on these shows where we'll focus on one album, and we yeah. did. A, person that was a major part of the album. We got Michael Wagner to do Dog Eat Dog, the yep. Warren album. And just Surprisingly great heavy record, right? Yeah. One of the really best. Great Man, let me tell you, that yeah. first record came out right when my record was supposed to come out. And we had the same voice teacher, and I went and bought it on 8th Avenue uh, in on 8th Street in New York at uh, some... I came in another record store, super great record store that was there. And I was didn't want to like it. Mm-hmm. You know? Did, I didn't... The minute I heard Down Boys, I said, that's... Effing great. Yeah. yeah. And I saw him with Paul Stanley. We hung out. He opened for Paul Stanley. Yeah. Then they opened for Eddie Money and he got booed off the stage. And then he became famous and everything kind of went south. Yeah. Yeah, yeah it's almost like fame was maybe the worst thing to ever happen to the guy. He and I and Sebastian Bach got into it at the China Club. Oh, I, we have to hear this story. Uh, you, you really want to know? Yes. Yeah. Okay, Janie, I'm not talking bad about you. I'm just telling the truth. So there was a girl in Daytona Beach. And all you Daytona bands know who I'm talking about. Her dad was very wealthy and she owned a condo. Yeah. And you could stay at the band house at PJ's or OP or whatever, which was a dirt hole. Mm-hmm. Or you could stay at her condo. So she had guys from different bands staying. She was very friendly to some of those guys. You know, one of the, like, you know, some of the guys in the band. She always had fish and pork chops and ribs and a little bit of this and a little mm-hmm. bit of champagne. And, you know, and uh, she just took care of you. So you didn't have to, if you were poor... Like all the bands were. You didn't have to live in a dirt hole. She yeah. fed you well. And all her girlfriends would come out. So I took her to the China Club in New York, which was the place. Oh, yeah. And uh, we're in the VIP room, and in walks John, Janie Lane. And she walks over, and she goes, uh, John, John, it's blah, blah, blah. You know, how are you? And he said, uh, my name's Janie now. <laughs> and walked up into an area, part of the club she couldn't get into. Right. And the guy stopped her. She came over to me, and she's like, that blah 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 yeah. can't believe I took care of him so she left well I went up in the VIP VIP like thing and Stephen Sweet was there you yeah. know and uh, Sebastian and some of those guys and, uh, and I said <clears throat> I said you know what man today's warrant is tomorrow's quiet riot oh uh, because you talk like like Kevin does and look what happened to Kevin oh yeah 
he mouthed his way right out of the business. Mouthed his way out of the business. I said, you better watch yourself. And that's the last time I spoke to him until I saw him at the exit end. And he just... But nobody deserves what happened to him. Of, no, absolutely He's a not. talented cat, man. He just got yeah. a hold of him. My wife is sitting here with me, and she deals... She's a therapist, along with a musician. She deals with addiction and stuff. And, you know, we see that that stuff, once it gets a hold of him... Yeah. Well, it really sunk its claws into him. Lad, did you see him on that rock show? And he was going... Covering his mouth. That metal show. That metal show, yeah. Yeah, the last interview he gave. That was bad news, man. That was the thing that kind of got me was so many people acted shocked by it when he died. But, like, I saw him on TV that week, too, and I was like, he He looks looks like he's he's about to die. That's what I told my wife. I like to say he looks like he's on death's door. Yeah, Yeah. man, he was a sweet kid when I knew him and a great drummer and a great singer and good good vocal teacher. I never thought he was a great front man, but, boy, he could write. Yeah, Yeah, he could really write. And, like... I always thought, I mean, there's a, there's a good number of songs that he had written, even for Warrant, that you could have given them to a pop singer and it would have been humongous. Yes. Well, heaven, you can't, you can't yeah. I mean, you'll always hear that. And, you know, I'm just sad for his daughter. So, all right, on to the next. Yeah, yeah. I'm sorry. No, not at all. I just, just don't want to be down. No, uh, no, no, no. That's cool. So, yeah, rock and roll, I've always been, I sh- it's funny how full circle it is with the rock and roll residency. Yeah. Because I first started literally... I'm not joking, 12 years old. My first song I ever sang, Smoke on the Water, Deep Purple. Yeah. And then I've had the pleasure of singing you know, with Deep Purple once at the uh, at Mercy Lounge for a, for a benefit for, uh, for Simmons, you know, mm-hmm. from uh, Mike Simmons and those guys. Oh, yeah, I remember uh, yeah, that. Remember that? Yeah. And then they've obviously, friends with the residency, they came out and we played. That, I, and I was like, I didn't, as Brandy would say, germ out on them, but... I was like standing there and I look over and I see Don Airy and Roger Glover and I'm like, what the fuck do I say? And I'm, and I'm just trying to, and I went over this for like 10 minutes and then finally I walked over to him between songs and I just said, I just want to shake both of your hands and tell you thank you for all that you did and now I'm going to leave you alone. And then I walked away. I hope Roger, I hope Roger watched the same Now, but they're, you know, they, you, could, you couldn't ask for Really nicer guys. They were cool, but I was just like, I don't know what to say to you, so thank you. <laughs> and how, what a gentleman is Don. Like, Don is just an unbelievably nice guy. And, you know, yeah. there's such history with Ozzy. Oh, my God. Right. Yeah, that's Mr. Yeah. Crowley. Those yeah. are the fingers. Yeah, totally. <laughs> I think he played it. He played it at the uh, he played it at the residency in the Brandy. Brandy Goldsboro, who rocks the world. Brandy cried. I think I got a little, I believe like, it. I got chills, I mean, man. I was history. like, wow, it's unbelievable. Yeah. That residency thing is uh, it's just Sometimes, you know, Phil and I will look at each other, you know, or Jer, like, that's Robin Zander. I think I brought Robin and Jer goes, uh, well, I can die now. I've yeah. waited my whole life to do this. And they played He's a Whore and just blew it off the stage. Man. Awesome. And I'm one of the few people that's from here, that lives here now. Yeah. Um, and I've told this story before, and I even wrote an article about the residency on the website. But I grew up here, and, like, I was living here in 1987 when hair metal was at its peak. And in Nashville at that time, if you wanted to see a celebrity, you saw George Jones or Mel Tillis. And that yeah. was pretty much the extent of it. Not that those guys aren't great, but I w- that wasn't my thing. Instead, I'm at home watching Headbangers Ball on Saturday night. Yep, I'm with you. And I'm watching Decline of Western Civilization Part Two, The Metal yeah. Years. And all this stuff's going on at Sunset Strip. And I'm like, damn, if I could only live in L.A. And I thought that for years. Yeah. And now, it's like half that movie is living here now. And, like, the residency thing, it's like, oh, my God, I missed out on it in the 80s, but, well, here it is on well, Tuesday night. What, what blows me away is the people who do live here. Sylvain, Sylvain. Yeah. You know, I, I was in Whole Foods, and a guy was talking to me, and it's, uh, it's Dave Mustaine, I guess, uh, 
he's got a place here. You know, yeah, it's, just, it's just crazy the different people. Well, the one thing, too, about the residency is you could put a guy like, let's say Doug Aldrich, when Doug showed mm-hmm. up, okay? Philip Schaus's twin brother. Well, yeah, but they're, they're standing <laughs> on stage with guys like Phil and Jer. Yeah. You know, Jared Pope, Judd, yeah. who can play Amazing their blanket asses off. So they're with their own guys. It's not like they're jamming with some guys no. in a garage around the corner. They wouldn't show up unless they were yeah. playing with people. But they right wouldn't gallery. come back. Right, yeah, exactly. Yeah, they come yeah. back constantly. And you got a shout out to Chuck Garrett, man, from Alice's band. Chuck yep. was there from the very beginning. Yeah. Helped start the whole thing. Chuck brought Alice out that night. That was that so was epic. It was unbelievable. <laughs> That really was... And he played Beatles, which I love. And Doors. Yeah. Out-of-body experience being there for that. That was... I was like, well, Alice Cooper's like four feet away from me. Oh, my God. <laughs> I love to see that coming back. I love to see see those rockers coming out. The guys from Heart. I mean, it just goes... What is it? Four or five. I wish Phil was here. He could tell me four or five. Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. Yeah, it's crazy. Right. And B.B. Buell. Yeah. The She's queen of rock and roll. Man, I used to see her in New York. She owned... Uh, Really owned this place called Don Hills that was like a super hip, like what the residency is except there, but mm-hmm. glam punk. Right. In the 90s. And uh, it was just unbelievable. It's where you go like, you know, the Les Pauls were still down mm-hmm. by the knees and leopard skin pants. And right. Cocaine and makeup. And, and, and it was such a great scene. She was the queen there. She's the queen here. Is that like bands like the Toilet Boys? And, Toilet and Boys, and Jesse, Pro? Jesse, man, Cheetah, I know Cheetah. He lives here. Um, yeah. Yeah. Um, uh, who was the big one? Jesse. Jesse Mallon. Jesse Mallon. Degeneration. Degeneration. Yeah, that's it. Right yeah. It was basically Degeneration's thing. Yeah. They just put a record out too. And the Donnas. Oh, the Donnas were awesome. awesome. I just had a listener asking me about the Donnas today. I love the Donnas. Yeah. Dude, I was walking down St. Mark's Place, which is the Rock and Roll Street in New York, people. I'm in St. Mark's Place, midnight in front of Coney Island High. God bless it. And I hear like, that sounds like a. Ramones. I opened the door. It's the Donnas with Joey. Oh, and they yeah, played like nice. a 20 minutes of Ramones, and they were great. Oh, man. Joey's up there singing, doing his thing. God bless him. Did you get to mingle with those guys? I've talked to him a bunch of oh, times. I saw him right before so he just, dies. Yeah. Oh, man. I'm, I so love the Ramones. I knew... Okay, here's a kiss time. I knew Jean Beauvoir. He was my first famous friend. Yeah. We used to hang out. Well, you know, Jean wrote, like, Who Wants to Be a Lonely? A lot of kiss yeah. stuff. Uh, played a lot of bass, too. Apparently, yeah. he taught Paul Stanley how to dance, I don't know what the truth is. <laughs> that's that they. I know they uh, hung out a lot. Well, we used to hang out. Oh yeah. And we would get in his Lotus, and and I had to talk, talk to Paul next time we see him about to see if he remembers. We would be in the Lotus like this, driving up to the to Stringfellows before it was a strip club. It was a beautiful nightclub. And then we'd go to the China Club, yeah. Cat Club. Yeah. And Cat Club, I got to see like you know, Jane's Addiction's first gig in New York. Oh you know, wow. Dan Reed Network's first gig because I was on Polygram. Mm-hmm. Loved all those bands. That's awesome. It's a good time to be in New York. Well, yeah. Yeah, it sounds yeah, like Hang out with Eric Singer and, and uh, all the Billy Squire guys, Bobby Chouinard, bless his heart. Jeff Gollum, bless his heart. Mm-hmm. All those guys who are gone. Um, and Rod was my hero, Rod Stewart, so I would kind of be around Rod in those places. And wow. As back, Rod was a rocker. That's amazing. Yeah, good times, yeah, man. Great. Oh, that early face of stuff. I mean, Huge influence on me. Uh, Rod Stewart, Tyler, Dio. Yeah. I love What do you Dio. think of the hologram? Uh, I don't know much about Did it. Did you just, get to watch it yet? No, I've heard little things about it. It's it's cool and creepy at the same time. Yeah. I don't know about that kind of thing, man. I, I just as a one, if they do it as a one time thing, I think right. it's fine. What does Wendy think about it? She's the one who okayed it. Then then, then I have nothing to say about it. It's not. She kind of manages it for him, but 
I hope they leave it as a one-time tribute. Right. Hope they don't turn this into a tour thing because that's because I could sit right here with my trademark hat and throw it on the ground and say my favorite hard rock heavy metal record of all time. Yeah. Heaven and Hell. Oh yeah. yeah absolutely. That's that side one of that record. Oh yeah. Just. It's hard to beat. When we do, when 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 Phil and 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 Ryan and I do, uh, uh, Southern Cross. Oh, I love that song. Well, when we do the the band Southern Cross, we play pretty much side one of that. When we go into Children of the Sea, people lose their bleeding mind. I bet they do. They really really love it. Second favorite. Let's see, for really heavy heavy stuff, the Motley Crue album with Karabi. Yeah. It's incredible. We've been singing that album's praises since the very beginning. Yeah. You know, we were really like, because we had talked about it all the time on the show about what an underrated album it, it was, and if if they would have called it something else, maybe it would have gone gone a little further than what it did. So we decided we got it made it work out. We got John Krabby on the show and let him tell us the story of it himself. Way ahead of its time. Yeah. Hey Krabby, what's up, bastard? Uh, way, <laughs> he's the best there is. Way oh, yeah. ahead of its time. Yeah. Uh, and. Uh, uh, Mick will shout it out that it's his favorite crew record, and Tommy will look around and make sure nobody's around, and then he'll, and he'll agree. Yeah, yeah, he really will look around and make sure what's his name is. Because Tommy's a fucking monster on yeah. that record, man. Yeah. I mean, that's like maybe lines of hell on your face. <laughs> oh yeah. yeah, and I love Judas Priest, Hellbent for Leather. Oh yeah, not a bad track on that. From Hellbent for mm. Leather, all delivering the goods and all that. Perfect. Yeah. Yeah. So I was a metal. I was a new age of British metal, new wave of British metal kid. Yeah. Um, but I always liked my stuff. Really, though, my favorite was a little more glam, a Me little too. more pop, like the Babies, Angel, yeah. um, and I loved Boogie. Like I love Aerosmith. I loved um, Humble Pie. Like oh, stuff yeah. that had a little more kind of black. You can move to it. Yeah. 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 Never was like a <clears throat> like a heavy, heavy. All the thrash stuff. I missed all that. Maiden, who's incredible. I like those first two records, and then I kind of yeah. No disrespect, I can't even sing that stuff. It's so unbelievable, but it wasn't quite the thing for me. Pantera, man, let me tell you, like, like you know, Cowboys from Hell is just so ridiculous. It's yeah. not my shit. But you know, when you put on Broken Display of Power, you know you're hearing something that's absolutely special. real and special. Yeah. But it ain't my thing, you know. Kiss Destroyer changed my life. There was I was 12 years old. My dad got me Rod Stewart and Night on the Town, Toys in the Attic. And destroyer. That's a cool dad. Yeah. And and the world just went to hell. <laughs> <laughs> Corrupted from that. They went. They went my political awesome. career. I'd be a senator now. Right. <laughs> doing, doing different interviews. It's all Kiss's fault, damn it. Yeah. Isn't it always? When it's did, always Kiss's. When fault, did you yeah. see Kiss live for the first time? Ready for this? My first concert. And this concert was Head East, Bob Seger, Rush, and Kiss. Holy wow. shit! Wow. And I have to tell you, I really went to see Rush and Kiss. It was Bob Seger that made me go. Could probably do that. Oh yeah, I could probably do that. No bombs, no smoke. You didn't say I got puke blood. You go, I can, I can nope. do that. Nope. But I do, I do love Paul fronting the band. I've always loved Great Frontman. And then uh, speaking of Great Frontman, it was Van Halen. See, I the only good thing about being a little older than all the lads is that I went to Vegas with my parents. I was eleven or ten, and I was playing video games, and somebody played Atomic Punk. Oh wow! And yeah. this is before the album was out. What the is that? Went home, went to Peaches in Clearwater, Florida, Scott Duncan, and there was a video of Running with the Devil, Eruption, and You Really Got Me. Mm -hmm. You guys can see those videos. Yeah. And I thought, well, that's it. 
bought that record, and then all my friends were doing this stuff. But nobody was putting on leopard skin pants and jumping around. And I thought, you know what, man? That's what I'll do. I really did. Ballsy I thought, move. I, well, <laughs> literally. I thought, yeah. well, him, him and Paul, him, that was for you, darling. Yeah. Him and Paul and and um, and Stephen and Rod and, and Michael E. Smith and Frank yeah. Domino, John Waite. Mm-hmm. I loved all those front men. Yeah. You know, Phil Moog from UFO. Yeah. Great writer, great singer. And that's what I thought I'd try and do. It took me a while for my, for my voice to catch up with me, I have to be honest with you. Oh, okay. uh, I wasn't always, I don't think I'm a great singer, but I was never. You are. Never, thank you. I never thought I was a strong singer. And then it just sort of happened. Right. Years of trying to sound like those lads. So were you dressing like these guys early on? Oh, yeah. Yeah, you know, and you know why? Because nobody else was doing it in Clearwater, Florida. Really, nobody was doing it. Lefty, that, I was in a band called Argosy, and then Lefty, and that band Lefty was wearing red leather pants and putting on makeup, and we were real pretty. And, and uh, when you're pretty... You get the girls, mm-hmm. the girls would come, and where the girls would come, the boys would come. Right. But we kicked ass. Yeah. We kicked ass. You know, it's like Motley. Uh, you know, Motley looked at, what, what was the thing that, don't think just because we're wearing lipstick, we can't get right. kick her ass. That in right, yeah. We were kind of like that, like really bad boys, but we played the shit out of stuff. And, right. And we were jumping around, and nobody was doing it. It was Florida at the time. People were wearing, you know, tennis shoes and cutoffs. Right. And we thought we'd bring this other thing in. And it worked for a long time. And then it, was it nerve-wracking getting in front, of, in front of a crowd dressed that differently? The only time I was afraid was bike week. Yeah. We went to, but let me tell you about, and all young frontmen, listen to this. So we went to play bike week, and it was, you know, dudes all look like that, you know. <laughs> and everybody's, everybody's quiet, there. everybody's quiet. Can I curse on this thing or no? Yeah. And I have yes. to apologize, honey, for one minute. So I was quiet and singing and stuff, and the guitar player, the other guitar player, who'd been doing it for years, was much older than to sit down and say, man, you got to tell these people how it is. You gotta... I went out the next thing, I was like, make some fucking noise! And we went into like, uh, lick it up. Uh, wow, yeah! <laughs> and the crowd turned and looked, and I was like, I need some, we need some bitches on the dance floor, let's get this party started. And it was on. Yeah. And it was on, when I tell you what, the place was crowded every night after that. You just kind of got to learn to... Just put yourself out. To put yourself yeah, out. And it yeah. takes it. Every front man out there listening knows there is one moment when you do that thing. Yeah. Stand the fuck up. But whatever. And people do it and you're like, oh, it worked. <laughs> I did that. <laughs> I did that so I could do it again. Some people overdo it. It becomes cheesy. But I think if you do it yeah. the right way. Or you could go the D. Snyder route and basically abuse your audience to do what you want them to do. <laughs> Have you seen the documentary yet? Not yet. The, oh, the, my I, we God. Are, we are Tristan's sister, that one. Yeah. She won't let me rent it. But I'll, uh, I'll get it. Yeah. No, oh, my God. It's like... And they, the, the wheelchair story? Well, it, it's just a lot of the fans talking about them playing clubs. And, you know, they see the crowd just going insane in the clubs for them. And, like... But you have then you have a bunch of the fans admitting, going, honestly, we had to act crazy because D would force us to. He would threaten people. If, if I was bigger, I probably would have done it. He's a big guy. But he's like, he'd find one person that's like this in the audience with their arms folded, and he'd fuck with him no, until see, he no, cheered. No, I would do it, too. I would put the spotlight on people. Yeah. Yeah. And now... Deep Thoughts with D. Snyder. If I could punch any musician in the face, who would it be like? Justin Bieber. Just because. He needs it. He's not actually a musician either.
Want to be a member of the Decibel Geek Army? You slimy scumbag, get on your face and give me 25. Join us on our fan page at facebook.com slash decibelgeek. You know, I don't think I mentioned this earlier, but my truck doesn't even have a steering wheel. <laughs> well, you have one of those new self-driving cars. It's it's sitting in a lonely parking lot right now, all alone, by itself, with no freaking steering wheel or steering column, for that matter. You have it all by myself by Eric Carmen, like, flying on the stereo. No, right? man. I had to take the negative cable off the battery. This, oh. is, this is some severe stuff. My truck is in a severe coma right now. I'm sorry. That's why we have nothing together. You know, we have no notes. We have no Geeks of the Week. We didn't do any of that this week. We don't have no Amazon read. But a good interview. But a great interview. So far, so good. I know you guys are loving it. We do know that HK Collectibles is still our sponsor. Yes. I don't, I can't tell you any great specials he's got going on right now, but I can tell you there are some. And I can also tell you that if you want to check it out, the best way to do it is go to, to go to decibelgeek.com, click on the banner that says HK Collectibles Inc. It's going to take you there. What you're going to find when you get there is just a plethora of awesome things, whether you're into rock and roll or you're into sports or you're into politics or you're into name it, you know, old nudie magazines. old nudie magazines. If you're in old nudie magazines, then you definitely need you to know go you're to old HK when you Collectibles. Say nudie magazine. <laughs> 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 reading the smut are you i feel like Al Bundy. let's go to the nudie bar <laughs> yeah. you know pick up the latest copy of biggins biggins he's got it hk collectibles if you need your copy of biggins from 1989 or playboy <laughs> he's got it all that and a whole lot more we appreciate everybody that's done their shopping through hk collectibles yes. inc and everybody that has has always come back and said you're not going to believe what I found there. Yeah, you know, he's got so some really good reviews from our listeners. Go check it out yourselves. And you know, while you're at decibelgeek.com, because you're checking out the HK Collectibles banner, and you're also there reading all the awesome articles that are our favorite writers in the world. You know, and I think about this sometimes because I read other articles by supposed rock journalists, and there's some great ones out there. But I don't think anybody touches the rock and roll the way our writers do. Because our writers at decibelgeek.com, they live it, they breathe it, they are rock and roll. And so when they're putting together these articles, they're doing it with their hearts, man. Mm -hmm. Their hearts are rock and roll, and so you got to believe in it. So if you go to decibelgeek.com, you're going to find all kinds of amazing writers putting all kinds of amazing reviews, whether it be new albums, old albums, concerts, books, name it, man. You want to think about getting a CD or getting a book or something new coming out, you go to decibelgeek.com first. They're going to give you the heads up, and by the time you're done reading that review, you're going to know if you want it or not. Yep. No doubt about it. From there, once you've decided, hey, I really want this thing, this CD or this album or this book that just got reviewed. It sounds so awesome. I want it right now. Well, shit, man, you're already at decibelgeek.com. Scroll back on up to the top of the page. Hit our Amazon banner link, and it's going to take you straight there. What's our Amazon banner link any different than anything else? Well, you help us. And when you're helping us, you're not hurting yourself. Mm. And that's a beautiful thing. So you go to Amazon through our link. It takes you there. You pick up that album that you read the review on on decibelgeek.com. And you know it's going to be awesome. You place your order. You put it in your shopping cart. You hit pay. You pay what it what it costs. You don't pay anything extra. There's no fees, no hidden charges, nothing like that. And once you buy that album or that book or whatever you're getting, because it can be anything. It can be anything. If we had a list, we'd prove it to you right now. Yeah, but, there's... 
But this week, you're just going to have to take our word for it. <laughs> a lot of cool stuff was bought last week. I did take, get a quick glance at it. Yeah, cool. So yeah, well, we'll a lot add of the, music, too. Awesome. Well, we'll add that in next week. No, the following week. The following week, the whole entire show is going to be the Amazon read. Oh, oh that'll be great. <laughs> Unsubscribe. So, you know, it's it's a lot of fun. You can do your shopping through our link. It helps us out. doesn't cost you anything extra. We appreciate it a ton. We're just normal dudes. You know, we got jobs we go to every single day. We got families we love and take pride in taking care of, you know. And I'm sure a lot of you can relate to us when we say we've had a rough week. So we're (laughs) always happy to take you away from that rough week for just an hour, maybe a little more sometimes. This week, maybe a little more because we got to let Mangus go because he's got so many cool stories, more stories to tell. We got to let him go. You ready to let him go? Let's let him go. Let's set Mangus free. I got down to Nashville after 9-11. Yeah. Went to South Beach to work with someone. I'll tell you later. Okay. And it was a disaster. Really famous writer. Mm-hmm. Huge famous writer. Um, I was in love. I was starting to do things I shouldn't have been doing in South Beach, you can imagine. Yeah. Uh, and I moved to Nashville, and the girl kind of left me high and dry. And I didn't know anyone, so I just sat about... Kind of getting to know people. Like, my first, my next door neighbor was Hank Three, Shelton. I know, yeah. So that led, that what led to ago. some wild nights. Oh, yeah. Guitar player named Eric Borash, Ebo, who's a god. Yeah. We became buddies. We were all wild boys. And uh, I sort of flopped around till about 2007. I got my shit together. The Long Players. Yeah. Uh, Bill Lloyd, who's just, you know, so, such a great writer, such a great guy around town. I did a long players. I did a Rod Stewart long players, and it kind of showed me that I could hang with these this group of musicians that play with the long players who are just unbelievable. Steve Allen, you know those guys, and uh, it's been kind of going up ever since. Hopefully, I'll end up, you know, in ACDC or 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 work with uh, our our buddy from Motley or uh, yeah. you know, we'll see, we'll see. Well, can we while we're on the subject yeah. of ACDC, want to talk all about it? Okay, so yeah. so you. You got in the news in the last year because Robin Xander showed up at the res- residency and, and you guys did a ACDC song. Long Way to the Top. Long Way to the Top. Robin Xander, good lad, good lad. And, and Robin gets on the mic after and goes, this is the guy that needs to be fronting ACDC. And he's good friends with Brian, so yeah. that really touched me. Yeah. And it starts making news. like It, it went, it it went yeah. viral. So and then we all got our ideas yeah, of cool. Mangus and Angus, and like and Mangus was, Frangus. Do you remember that? There was a oh, hashtag. Yeah. I actually there was heard it on the radio. It, yeah, it, it almost made me wreck my car. Nice, <laughs> I bet. So so tell us about the, how this what it, what happened with that. So when it the, the the minute it happened, I got a call from a a, a a pretty famous. Well, no, I didn't. I heard about it from somebody, and then I called a pretty famous Australian rock star who's incredible, Andrew Ferris, who is... Uh, in excess? In excess. Yeah. He, he's my mate, and he's a good lad, a really, really good guy. And I said, what do I do? Before I do anything, what do I do? Is it Gurmy? Should I go after it? And I spoke to, not Krabby, but like somebody like that. Mm-hmm. And they were like, man, if I had a chance to do it, if I thought I could do it, I'd go for it. Right. So I pulled the... The chord with uh, Andrew Ferris, who's mates with, with Angus. I mean, you know, 
if you're from Australia and there's four famous major bands of all time, Cold Chisel, yeah. you know, In Excess, ACDC, and whoever else, you know, Midnight Oil, I don't know the other, yeah. the, who, the other band you want to say, you're going to know each other. So some calls were made. I play with um, Mark Moffat here in town. He's a great Australian guitar player. We have a band called St. James Infirmary. It's like Humble Pie type stuff. He knows some of those guys. I pulled his, pulled his chain to see what was happening. Um, bro, uh, I don't know if Robin made a call for me. John Karabi, who I think, I've said it before, I think the best there is, him and Derek St. Holmes, spoke to their tour manager. And uh, I thought it was all kind of fuzz. Nobody see these oh, yeah. I thought it was all flop. And uh, one night I'm taking out the garbage at work, you know, and uh, like blood and beer is pouring all over me. And my phone buzzes at three o'clock in the morning, and I got a thing from their management company. Send us some videos. Yeah. So I sent us some videos. A couple days later, I got another thing. Send us send us some videos, a bio, and how do you spell your name? Because everybody spells it Magnus, and it's. That's what Ma I thought your name was it's for like a long time. Mangus. Yeah. Like Angus. And that's what the Mangus for Angus thing. And then I didn't hear anything. And then there was someone very close to the band who got in touch with me and told me that they were that they were looking at at videos. Mm -hmm. And then I didn't hear anything else and I heard the rumor that Axel was gonna join. Right. And this person and I contacted and they said something really complimentary to me. Wow. You know, about you never know what's going to happen. It's not quite what he said, but I don't want to say it. Yeah. And then Axel, and then what really kills me is that Graham Whitford, uh, Brad's son, mm -hmm. was opening for ACDC, and he, he uh, sent a thing saying, Axel sounds great. And I just yeah. was like, oh, uh, fuck. Because Axel is great. He's not my favorite person in the world, but he is great. And that yeah. first record, Appetite for Destruction, is in right. my blood. Iconic. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and then I heard him, and he was great. But that I found great. out, dear listener, but you know, there's more to the story than people know. Like, is it IEG, AEG, the huge concert promoter? AEG, yeah. You know, they're involved in paying for Axel. And so there's a big deal going on way above mm -hmm. ACDC. It, right. it goes to making money and paying tickets. But when that's a mega million, million, million dollar corporation, they're not going to. Especially when both bands are doing massive tours. Yep. Yeah. You got a lot. Uh, you scratch my back, I'll scratch yours business going on. The minute it happened, I told Phil. You know, because I was very careful who I talked to about it. I talked to my wife and I talked to Phil and I said, uh, I'm not going to get it, but, and then I'd be like, I'm not going to get it, but, and then there was a time, right, Julie, when I was like, well, fucking hell, like, well, okay, now this might, might get real. And then that article came out. Mm -hmm. I talked to Lizzie about it a couple times. And Lizzie would have been great. The guy from Airborne would have been great. I don't want, I didn't think Mark Storacci would have been right for it. 20 years ago maybe yeah. but yeah. but Lizzie was the that was when when the talk first started this before you were even in the mix people were like who would you pick to do it and Mark Storacci was a natural one some people said Angry Anderson which that would have been a cool choice but only for nerds Jesse like Dupree. us yeah. know who yeah. he is yeah. but Lizzie Hale I thought would have been a good unconventional choice Ooh, man yeah. that could have been fun with her pipes oh, yeah. Yeah. imagine her singing an ACDC uh -huh. set that would have been great it would have been Huge. I just saw her. We talk about it every once in a while. I just saw her when they, they played. Uh, I didn't go to the concert. I saw her afterwards. Um, have you gone to um, to a Rachel and Ryan's rock and roll radio show at 12th and Porter? Have you been to that? Yes, thing? I was there. Yeah, I saw that's you. That's right. Yeah. That's that's a great thing. Uh, we t she and I. T I saw her for a couple minutes and then I believe. What a singer, man! Yeah. Oh, how cool! She's just cool. So lovely. Uh, yeah, I love the way she treats her fans. She always stops and talks to people. There's 
there's, and this is not ego, this is just me, there's very few people that I would take a microphone on a deal or an ACDC song and say, here. Yeah, I want to hear you sing this. <laughs> Lizzie Hale is, is one of them. Yeah. Yeah, she's absolutely one. Yeah, and, and she's one where uh, every time you see her perform, you, ha you have to direct your attention towards her. Yeah. You, she's not background music for nope. people. Nope. And like we went to the, uh, were you at the charity show that was done for, for Chisa? Didn't you come out with me, love? Yeah, with, uh, really with the Eastside Gamblers. Yeah, with yeah. the whole badass too. Those yeah. guys are so great. And, and I took my wife. And my wife's not a big hard rock fan at all. And uh, but she's like, I I want to do a date night with you, so I'll go. And I'm like, okay, I think you're gonna like Lizzie and Joe from Hailstorm though. And she, every time Lizzie came up, she was like, shut up, I want to listen to her. So I was like, yeah. Let me yeah. tell you. <laughs> and all all you singers will understand this. I had a great time. I was so pissed I wasn't up there. <laughs> I was like, wow. This yeah. is such a great night. And it was yeah, one that was. was, pardon me, Brandy, only in Nashville that that show could have happened. Yeah, absolutely. Right. <laughs> Without the, and that is one thing I do have to say that, <clears throat> that is lovely that it's missing is the ego that was in New York in the 80s and the ego and the cutthroatness that was in uh, Los Angeles. Yeah. Here, yeah. there seems to be a little more like... It's like a family. We've come out of the other side of the storm. There's so much respect. There's... Singers that do the residency, you know, Danilo Lopez. Yep. Totally different than me. But what Danilo does, I can't do. Tied to the whipping post and that early Sabbath yep. stuff, knocks it out of the park. Chris Can, total different singer. Matt. Matt, let me tell you something. Matt doing the, 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 the Billy, no, <laughs> the Billy, Billy Squire, Squire yeah. is Long unbelievable. Is yeah, what a voice on that guy. Yeah. So it's it's a humbling, that's a humbling thing to, to, to you know, to be at. And, you, and every time you every time you think, oh, I'm a badass, somebody will get up there and just be like, ah, you know, oh, well, okay, never, never. Mind. Well, I mean, the, the the whole thing is just a testament to how much talent there is here. It's yeah. just right, especially well, rock and roll, right? Music City. I mean, yeah, any other place, it's it's a bar band and jamming in a garage or whatnot. And, and let's talk about some of the new shit, man. Yeah. Dakota, who I'm playing with. Oh, yeah. Them, yeah. And, you know, them and the... We just played them on the show last well, week. Well, dude, I'm, right. I'm with them yeah. at the five spot September 14th. Uh, the tip, who everybody knows. The tip right, is just man. unbelievable. Yeah. Yep. Um, there's another new Mitch one. Malloy's Mitch Malloy's band, Kato. Awesome. Oh, he's managing them, right? Well, is he's he in producing, them? managing. Okay, yeah, yeah. Talk yeah. about a singer, Mitch Malloy. There's a guy that I do not like to follow. More because of his hair, but... Uh, <laughs> That's he beautiful hair. But uh, but Kato is incredible, and that kid sings his ass off. I still haven't seen them live. I want to see them. Though. I've seen they're them just in the residency. I was supposed to go to one of their things, and I wasn't feeling good. And they're from Australia, right? It's just amazing, like the new bands, the new talent, the new yeah, things. The whole crop coming up. I want to plug a show. Yeah, that's what. That's what now we're listen for. on on August twenty fifth. At Third and Lindsay, I'm doing a benefit. It's to help put uh, musical instruments in kids' hands that don't have a lot of money. Awesome. And uh, I'm doing for the first time. I'm doing Mangus, Arr! all Bon Scott stuff. And there's uh, uh, you know Lewis Lee's doing his Stones thing. Uh, the Journey tribute band is playing. John and his uh, Journey band are playing. Yeah, they're good too. I'm gonna yeah. try to get a VIP guest out to play. Uh, Guys, so, you want to show up for this? Just from what he mouthed to me. Yeah, if it's if, if he can, if he'll come out. Uh, <laughs> Either way, you'll want to. Show and then up. September fourteenth, I'm at the five spot with uh, Phil Schaus has a status quo tribute band. I saw oh, that. Nice. After that. So we just good. we just we played just them this week. Well, status quo. Yeah. We so love good. one of our favorite bands. And Phil and I are mildly obsessed, and uh, <laughs> we are. And, and and those guys are more like status quo than, or status quo than status quo is now. They're playing with the uh, Dakota's band with Denim. 
nice. Yeah. Oh, Dakota, what a player. But I, mean, well, I think George Lynch and uh, and uh, the, my buddy from Rat. Uh, oh, Warren D. Martini. I think that, yeah. I think they must have had a special yeah. night together. This picture of George <laughs> Lynch above you. Does that That's not him. look like Dakota? What did I say? <laughs> he totally said that. I, know, I was like, that looks like Dakota. And they're working with Michael Wagner. I mean, you don't get oh, no. more royalty no, than that. Absolutely not. Yeah, that we played that track last week, and the minute I heard it, I'm like. That's Michael Wagner production. Yeah. No I'm lucky enough. I get to sing some stuff with Michael's studio. Oh, and, and, uh, it's cool studio. to do all those shout choruses yeah, and stuff. Yes. And we're pretty good friends with uh, with Peter Baltus and Johanna you know, yeah. and uh, and all those Accept guys. And I just love those guys coming up. Like, I won't put them in the new wave of British heavy metal because they're not British, but they right, were right. part of that thing for me. Like those new bands that just kicked everybody's ass and yeah. still do it. Yeah. I mean, yeah. they're playing like Chris, Christopher Williams and I play together and... You know, they're playing stadiums. Oh, yeah, they're huge. Tell you, well, that singer. Mark Tornillo. He might have been great for AC. Yeah, he would. Yeah. I don't know if he I don't know if he wanted to do it, but he might have been great for that. He's band. got the right vocal range. And those guys yeah. just still knock it just knock it out. Oh, they may be tighter now than they were yeah. back in the day. So, I mean, they're, they're really Peter Peter down. looks the same. He hasn't changed at all. He's still 120 pounds. Yeah, I know. I love mm. Peter. <laughs> and then just, you've got, us, you've got Anthony from Tora Tora living here. Those are our buddies. These are all these are all like our dear friends. Yeah. We've become we become friends yeah. with these guys. And you talk about a singing son of a bitch. Anthony is a singing son of a bitch. We got to have him over here. We did a albums unleashed on Wild America, which is a yeah. criminally underrated album. Yeah. Well, there's a lot of that where they were hitting their peak as at the wrong time. At when Nirvana just destroyed the world. And, yep. and right. You put that album out in nineteen eighty nine instead of nineteen ninety two. Multi-platinum. I, I, man, I see I had the same kind of thing. Yeah. My band, Fine Line, except we were the opposite. If Fine Line had come out 10 years later. Oh, really? Because we were sampling like Public Enemy and playing Zeppelin over it and doing like heavy yeah. Rage Against the Machine meets... Uh, kind of grooving stuff. Yeah, but, but heavy. But we loved... You know, the, there was an album, um, Manic Nirvana, uh, Robert Plant. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, that we loved. That was just like heavy and had samples and stuff. And yeah. We kind of based our whole thing on on that. Right. We loved Public Enemy. We loved, you know, Sisters of Mercy. We loved all just kind of weird. Yeah. The Cure mixed up record. We loved to take all that. And I remember a huge record company executive, Charles Koppelman, SBK, I believe, said, are you Kiss? No, are you Whitesnake or are you Prince? And we said, yes. We're Prince Snake. I should have said that. I was intimidated. <laughs> I was a kid. Not really. I just was still intimidated. And it was just way too ahead of its time. I just, I hate that mindset of, it has. It, is this what's big on the radio now? No. Well, we don't want it. And it's like, why do you have to play follow the fucking leader all the yeah, time? Right. Just, why don't you to do something, something different? To yeah. give something a chance, so it could become the, the world would have thing not gotten the Beatles if it wasn't. You know, if we had that yeah. thinking back then. If somebody didn't take a chance, I totally agree. Yeah. You don't sound like a little Richard. Well, you're gone. Forget it. The whole the whole thing now is is very derivative. New bands, the Biters, and stuff like that. I don't mean that in a bad way. I know, I it's it's just something, you know, but if you could take that and take it one step further, mm. mix it with something new, like like Guns N' Roses to me was going to be the last great American rock and roll band before they imploded. Now it's other, it's Van Halen, but but mm. they were like, okay, if Aerosmith had been screeched, sponged through mm. with a little bit of punk and some dolls and, and then took it to the next thing. Right. Now if someone could take what Guns were going to do and take it to the next thing, mm-hmm. that's what I'm... Yeah. That's what I'm excited to see. Yeah. What do you, I, go ahead. Well, what do you, is what? 
what is there anything on the radio right now you see that you like that's gotta that could be something the leader for you, the you, next you want to know what's funny for me is that I uh, I'm probably listening radio to like I don't even really know like dance music I mean I really yeah. like, like 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 heavy like metal hip hop like I don't mm -hmm. really know I can't tell you the last but I'll like I found a band just recently called Watts and I thought oh this yeah. is a great English band but they've been around forever. Yeah, yeah. yeah uh, what we consider new is usually a decade old now. Right. Yeah. You know. So I don't. Well, it's new to you. Yeah. Yeah, it's new, new to, to me. So I try to find. Uh, I'm always listening to like new yeah. channels, trying to find something and nothing. The Biters, I thought, well, that's going to be great. Yeah. Wasn't. Didn't quite do it have for me. Have you heard me. the Struts? Yeah, Struts are great. I think they they have potential. She likes the Struts. Struts are great. Yeah. Um, the guy from the Shins turned me on to the Struts. Uh, it's still just like, you know, I'll read Classic Rock magazine and they'll yeah. they'll have, you know, Classic Rock will have all these great articles about Thin Lizzy and then in the back they'll say, here's a new band. Mm -hmm. That has the right sound. Yeah. Got a buddy in uh, in a London town, Peter Garrison, who is like the last of the real guys. He'll sometimes send me some some things, but he's too busy listening to girl school, you know. <laughs> I still dig her. Yeah. 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 Their albums were not produced well, but they had good material. I'll tell you what's a great yeah. record. My buddy Mickey Free and Jean Beauvoir. You know Mickey Free? Yeah, Mickey's my mate. They put out a record, Beauvoir. Uh, Beauvoir oh, that's Free. a great record. It's a great record. There you go. Yeah. And uh, I listened to that. Yeah. I like that. I really, it's it's really funny though because I, you know, because of my cameo past and stuff, I love chic and I love dance music and I love that kind of stuff. So I'll check out and see what's new that way. There's nothing, nothing new rock and roll that has blown my head off. Right. Huh? I'd love somebody to say, go see this band, and I'd love to see a band that I was pissed to see. Mm -hmm. When I first saw Guns, they were opening for the cult. Right. Think about that. And I was pissed. I said, that's the band I need to, the band I need to be. When I saw Dan Reed Network, mm -hmm. I was like, I want to be in. Yeah. That They're so great. Dan was so in the zone. He was like David Lee Roth meets Prince. And, you know, that's a whole nother but I think they didn't go on to massive success because they were right there in the middle. Yeah, they were right there in the middle. Plus, he lost his mind. He'll be the first to tell you that. Well, that's true, too. Read that, <laughs> read, read that story. Yeah, that's true. So what's next? What's next for rock and roll in Nashville? Oh, gosh. Well, the, 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 We're right in the middle of it with all the residency guys and these bands that we talked about. The yeah. residency? One, somebody, could be, somebody could break out of here. The Tip or I think Denman the Tip has a real... And Den, Denman. Both of those bands... Could it could at least become? They could maybe make a job of it. Tour yeah. overseas. Yeah. That's where all the rock fans. Really well, I mean, I mean, uh, the tip has gone for it. Much, much respect to those guys for just quitting. You know, quitting being at, at um, Robert's Western World. Yeah. Getting out and actually making Dixie, a living doing it. Dixie was Santa Claus at Op at Opry Mills last year. Good. And I told him, I was like, "You're not going to be doing this for long." Yeah. But no. Dixie's the real deal. See, because they're the real deal, and I have great respect for like, I may not be. A fan of uh, like you know, pure trucker country. But if you're a dude who wears like a hat and shoes and plays that, and you believe it, mm -hmm. and you're really that guy, I love it. And that's what the tip is. They believe. So if you're a hip hop act and you're not fronting, you're just like the real deal. See, I respect that. And it's like rockers. That's the residency. They eat, sleep, and breathe that kind of rock and roll. Well, what gets Absolutely. yeah, what gets me with those guys is you you can go see cover shows all day long. And you'll even find bands that play the stuff right. competently and great. 
those guys, it's almost like, and I've said this since the beginning of going to see them, it's truly like getting a glimpse into four 15-year-old kids that are playing that stuff for the first time and completely getting off on what they're doing. We yeah. have so much fun. It's ridiculous. And what yeah. I like is that I know those records so through and through. I know Jeremy Osborne does, and I know oh, yeah. Phil does. You know, So, like, we'll be playing something, and I'll do, I don't even know, I'll do some a little vocal lick, and I'll see Phil smile, and then Jerry will hit, like, some yeah. little riff. Or when they play, like, uh, when we did um, Highway Star, and they did the lead together, mm -hmm. my jaw hurt from smiling because you don't hear that. Yeah, and those guys—you don't even hear a Deep Purple, and no. those guys were doing it. And when we played it with Purple, yeah, that was unbelievable. <laughs> look to look over and see Roger Glover so with a huge grin. That's insane. Yeah, that you know what? I, uh, another thing I respect about the residency is that was all done organically. Oh, completely. You know, that was all done organically. It was you know, just an experiment yeah. at first. Yeah. We'll yeah. do this once, and then it just took yeah. It was off. called. It was only. It's only rock and it's roll. It's only rock and roll. Chuck Garrick was there, you know, like I said, and and then it just be, kind of became its own. It's own thing. Yeah, it's turned into an actual scene. I, I just, I, I would like to end up, I really would love to, you know, join the guy we were talking about or go yeah. sing with this guy or, or you know, I, 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 like, you know, in, in, uh, uh, my guy from Purple, who I'm thinking of, um, Roger? No, not Roger. Um, no, well, I'd like, that's a, a, I'd love to do that gig. I'd love to do five shows with those guys. Right. You know, it would just be great to just get out on stage and, and join Purple for. Not that it's ever going to happen, but that's what I'm hoping the residency will lead to. It will be well, something. I mean, it, it, you've seen connections made through the whole thing. Yeah. Well, even the thing with with Robin and, yeah. and the whole ACDC thing that blew up. It's like this little thing that started in the corner of a bar. You know, yeah. now it makes worldwide news. It doesn't hurt to have arguably the best rock singer there is, because you know Robin is unbelievable. Rick yeah. Nielsen wears a shirt and says, "My singer is better than your singer." Well, it's an accurate shirt. Kim Crabby, Derek St. Holmes, Lizzie. Yeah. There's so much talent around. Oh, know? it's insane. And if you had told me in 1987 that these people would be here, yeah. I'd have said, you're fucking insane. Right? I go to the thing and there's Sylvain Sylvain. Speaking of the dolls, looking at your yeah. picture over there. I bought that from him. How crazy is that? Yeah. I'm still wanting to get him on the show. <laughs> Roger, on, Roger from Heart. B.B. Buell. Yeah. I mean, we, want, we want all of them on the show, believe me. It's That's <laughs> why we're... we're Fortunate to be here at this time. We'd rather be here than LA. Oh yeah, right no, this now. is this is. Listen, I, I can tell you something. I played in New York not a long time ago, and there's more going on here. Oh yeah, especially for what we love, you know. No, yeah. no other than Pete Townsend said that Nashville seems to be like the rock and roll center. It really Pete is. Pete Townsend said that. So. Well, imagine him showing. I'll up take it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> oh, that's crazy. All right, so let's get one last plug in. Yeah, for in your shows. Um, August 25th at 3rd and Lindsay, big benefit, put musical instruments in for the kids. I'm doing Mangus. Yeah. Doing uh, the Bon Scott years, and that's with Phil and Jer. Paulie Simmons, who's, who's uh, you know, oh, out, Tom out, out with Tom Kiefer. I don't know if I could say that, out with Kiefer. And uh, Danny Silvestri, who's recently been released from the Nervous Hospital in Atlanta, will be playing bass. Uh, <laughs> and then September 14th, that's a huge rock thing. That's a, uh, noise pollution. Uh, yeah. Jason Mallory. Um, from Shania Twain's, that's his, yeah. and Adam Schoenfeld from Tim McGraw, that's his, uh, their ACDC thing. Greg Morrow playing drums, who's just unbelievable. Victor Bruden, who is some sort of weird god playing bass. Okay. Uh, it'll be us, the Fanatic Four, which is Phil's um, status quo band, Status quo, and then uh, Dakota's band. 
Then nice. That's going to be the five spot. Can you imagine how crowded that's going to be? That's it. Every crowded. every Wednesday night, for those of you in Franklin, I play with um, Kenny Olson. Kid right. Rock's of Kid Rock's yeah. fame, and he's just great guitar player. Yeah, Him, me, and Chris Williams yeah. from Accept, you know, and Joe Bass, Shelly Riff, we do a jam night. So we'll come out 9 o'clock at King's Bowl, which is in the Cool Springs Galleria, right over by the Harley dealership. It sounds corny. It's not. It's a great restaurant, great bowling alley. You go, you hang. But we come out at 9 and play a bunch of Zeppelin and Bad Company and Aerosmith and cool. Hendrix. And, and then we have people jam. And we've had guys from Skinner, guys from Mitch Ryder and the Detroit Wheels, wow. guys from Tracy Atkins Band. Like, I mean, it's just, you never know who's going to show up. And frankly, because they all live out there. They now. live there, yeah. Right. That's right. Yeah. All the rich rock star guys. And that's just started up. So that's every Wednesday night, 9 p.m. Of course, the residency. Um, St. James Infirmary, my lovely wife sitting next to me, sings with me in a, like a humble pie type band. Yeah, called awesome. St. James Infirmary that I have with Mark Moffitt. Uh, we're booking that right now. Cool. Yep. That's awesome. it. That's cool. cool. Well, links to all this that will be awesome. in the yep. show notes for this episode. Yeah. And I want to thank you for coming over here. And Dude, this has been a blast. Spilling some beans yeah. with us and let us hear some stories. If I didn't have to Very get up cool. early, I'd sit here and go, next time I'm bringing a bottle of whiskey. I'm going to oh, come up. We need to get, need to get like, like Shouse and all of us, the whole crew yeah. out here and do a show. If we're doing that, we're all sleeping here. Yeah. No way I'm driving. <laughs> well, I was thinking I was thinking you'd pay for the limousine. Oh, yeah. Jesus. Yeah. yeah. With my big podcasting bucks. Well, thank you for having me, man. Oh, it was fun. Thanks for letting my wife hang out. She's probably so bored, but uh, I love it, man. I could sit here and talk about this stuff all night, but we won't. Well, we'll do it again. We'll do yeah, it again. any other yeah. time. And thank you, fellas. Give me your love. Oh, I need that thing real bad. Give me your love. Oh, you're driving me mad. It's NFL draft season, and that means it's time to start thinking about fantasy football. FantasyPoints.com features industry-leading experts and prognosticators using proprietary hand-charted data to help you score more fantasy points. FantasyPoints.com is the place to go for whatever kind of fantasy football you play. Whether you play fantasy football, daily fantasy sports, or do a little bit of everything, Fantasy Points has the meticulously researched content to guide you to victory. And why wait for the fall? Fantasy Points also covers the new spring football league, the UFL. Join the guru, John Hansen, Scott Barrett.
Joe Dolan, and other massive names in the fantasy football universe with an exclusive offer. Use code Pantheon for 15% off any Fantasy Points package, including the all-in package, with access to every article, tool, and data nugget that Fantasy Points has to offer. That's FantasyPoints.com and code Pantheon for 15% off at Fantasy Points. FantasyPoints.com, code Pantheon. Score more Fantasy Points. 